In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Two on, two out, 0-2 count, no score, and the pitch is swing to fly ball, right field, down the line, deep in the corner, this one has some carry, and that ball is gone! Royce Lewis goes up a three-run homer down the right field line, welcome back, Royce Lewis! And the Twins have a 3 nothing lead here in Houston. What a great call, what a great home run. Royce Lewis, the home run one year to the day, after he blows out his ACL, gets a game-tying single a little bit later. The former first overall pick in the draft has overcome a lot. Most optimistic person you've ever found, according to everybody who's around him. This is one of the reasons why we scream baseballs and boring, because good things happen to good people, and that happened to Royce Lewis. Corey Provis on the call. Excellent home run call of the day. Congratulations, Corey. Speaking of great things, another great thing yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Liam Hendricks of the Chicago White Sox, he returns to the mound after his battle with cancer. So inspiring. The White Sox lost. But here's the call of Liam Hendricks. This is probably the biggest moment of the day when a guy comes back from cancer and makes his return to the mound, to the major leagues, to to anything, to anything in life, goes to the top of the list. So here you go. Here's Liam Hendricks. His return to the White Sox. Oh, how about this? Moments ago, Liam Hendricks. Three of cancer. Jogs out of the bullpen. Less than five months after being diagnosed. Bigger than baseball. You don't have to be a fan of the White Sox to be on your feet to applaud what this appearance means. Take it all in, Liam Hendricks. I mean, I mean, how can you how can you not say that that was the be all end all when it came to all things baseball, all things sports news? Or yesterday, I mean, Liam Hendricks returning from cancer. All right. Well, speaking of returning, producer Evans back. Producer Evans back with the power rankings. Power ranking number five. 
you aren't going to believe what Evan said and what Evan did and how Evan ranked things. We appreciate producer Evan's uh, expertise. We produce, appreciate his personality. We appreciate his, um, his enthusiasm for these power rankings. And that's why we do this podcast every single week. All right, so producer Evan, I sit down with him, and we go 10 to 1. Here you go. Dig in, dig in, dig in, everybody, because this is, this is not your ordinary power rankings. Also, at BB isn't boring, Twitter, Instagram, go to either one of those. Go check those out. If you want the gear, check that out, too. That is awesome gear. T-shirts, sweatshirts, baseballs are boring, swing juice. Our good friends makes excellent, excellent gear. Just ask Zach Gallon. You saw him on the socials with his new T-shirt. said, oh, man, this is a nice T-shirt. Yeah, it's a nice T-shirt. There you go. So, anyway, at BB isn't boring, You'll find those the, the gear at the socials there. Uh, also, A Damn Near Perfect Game, the book. There's nothing better for Father's Day. More publicity coming out about that coming up soon. All right. Well, here you go. Here's the power rankings. The streets are talking. The streets are talking, Evan. What's going on? What's up? Not much. Oh, man. Let's go. The streets are talking oh. because we have we have four power rankings, four MLB power rankings in the books. Um, and... I think that you have shown enough acumen in doing them that that people say, okay, a tip of the chapeau to you, producer Evan, for having some semblance of of an idea (laughs) of what's going on. But there are some times where people say, oh, they come up to me on the street and say, hey, producer Evan, like, what was he thinking putting so-and-so in so-and-so spot? (laughs) That's what we want, though, right? We want talk. You got to get that buzz going. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah it's a, put it, to, from your lips to god's ears all right so let's do it so this is uh another round as we said another round of the power rankings people love power rankings so we give them power rankings and you have sent me the list ahead of time and i'm just yep. want to give everybody a heads up wow 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 <laughs> wow wow i mean wow so I mean this there is a lot of there's a lot to talk about. I did not expect some of these. And there is definitely if you if you want to mix match up these compared to last week, or if you want to match these up to a week one, holy yeah. mackerel. I think they've turned. But you always have good reasoning for it. You always have good justification for it, I guess. So I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you either dig your own hole or, or you know, put the neon lights on and say I'm right. I don't know. So let's do it. Let's do it. What do you got at number ten? Yeah. So number ten, which is kind of a shocker, especially considering their division and where they were even a couple of weeks ago. But it's the San Francisco Giants. They're seven and three since the last rankings. It took three from the Brewers, two from the Twins and Marlins. Who Twins I had on last year on last week's rankings at number ten. Marwins are kind of right on the cusp of the rankings, so I felt like that was another big win. And then the Brewers, they're winning their division, but both the AL and NL Central are so weak that it's like winning that division right now doesn't seem to really mean all that much. So no. it's kind of a tricky thing, but yeah, they've they've had a youth movement. They called up Patrick Bailey to be their catcher. They have Casey Schmidt to be their shortstop when Crawford was out. Now I assume maybe he'll slide over to third. But they also got Davis. They also got Conforto. They have a lot of former Mets that I love, so I might have been a little partial on that on that part of it. But overall, they've been on a hot streak lately, so it was hard to not leave them 
not put him in. Well, how about this? It's always interesting. It will be, always be interesting when we talk about the Giants, about did they dodge a bullet without, without the Carlos Correa situation, right? Yeah. How that team would have looked if they had Correa, who obviously is having a terrible year and now is hurt. So, yeah. uh, and sometimes because they go out, they don't sign Correa, and correct me if I'm wrong, then they go out and spend the money on Conforto, right? Correct? After that? Yep. Conforto and Hanniger, I think. And Hanniger, yeah. So sometimes, like you said, I've said a million times, Evan, you don't run isolations for shortstops or outfielders or whatever. I think you do need, you need certainty. I think that that's what you're paying for. But the way Correa is now, I mean, that's there's no semblance of certainty. Who is the certainty on this team, on the Giants team? Who is the guys that they're leaning on? Um, I think the big guy is the the youth movement right now. I mean, Schmidt has gotten off to a really good start. He's definitely hitting over 500. Conforto's, I think he has 12 bombs right now. So his in the power department, he's providing a lot. J.D. Davis, a third, has been really consistent for them, which I've always felt, even when he was a Met, that he just, as long as he played every day, he's a good player. But the Mets always, you know, they took him out of the lineup. They DH'd him. They didn't play him. So then he became kind of a... Uh, like a give him up in the Darren Ruff trade, which looking back wasn't all that great. But, you know, he's he's definitely a guy that's providing for them. So I think those three guys are probably the main three guys that if, if, if the Giants fan they're doing. If right you now. had to if you had to guess, you say the Giants are on your list next week. I don't know. They it's it's such a tricky team because they really don't have I mean, starting pitching has been okay for them, but they don't really they they're playing a tough division. I was looking at their their uh, future schedule. They play the Pirates next, who they could beat up on because the Pirates are kind of down on their luck lately. And then I forget who they play after that, but I think that's when it starts getting. A, there's a pretty big team coming in. I'm, I'm thinking it's one of the guys. I think I think it's really fascinating that National League West, and like you said, the National League Central and the American League Central. It's just it's this confluence of. Bleh. I looked it up today. We all like want the Pirates to win. Believe me, I yep. want it. I want everyone because we have the black and gold baseballs and boring T-shirts at the ready. But at the same time, they just can't. They can't get things right yet. Yet, as we sit here right now, they're a half game out of a wild card. Yeah, and they have so many lovable guys on their team. You know, McCutcheon. Everybody roots for that guy, no matter who you're a fan of. That guy's the best. Rich Hill, obviously. Friend of the program, great guy. Yeah. Jack Sawinski is a really underrated home run hitter. He's probably one of the top young power hitters in the league right now. So I mean, Mitch Keller, David Bednar, yeah. uh, you know, the Carlos Santana. It, so yeah, but so they're not spoiler alert, they're not in the top ten this week, but hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they 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 bounce back. But like you said, yep. those divisions, those central divisions are mess. All right, number nine. Yeah, so number nine is another not-ranked uh, team from last week. It's the Seattle Mariners. I think everybody was waiting on them to kind of pick up the pace because I think last week they were under 500. they They've gone 7-2 and two since the last rankings. Granted, they swept the A's, which, you know, I think everybody's done at this point. And then they took two of three from the Pirates, one of three from the Braves. They're 28-25. and 25. I think it's they're only going up from there because their starting pitching is insane between Kirby, Miller, Castillo, I was just looking at it the past late week, I think it was, or like last week when I was assembling those all-star rosters on our Instagram and on our Twitter, and they just, one through five, or at least one through four, they got some of the best in the AL, so 
The, the you're right, and you look at it, and Bryce Miller is has been a revelation for them. He was yeah. also a revelation in the interview I did with him that didn't record, um, as was <laughs> the case with Julio Rodriguez. That's how I will rem- remember the 2023 <laughs> Seattle Mariners that that the two the two great interviews I did that that for some reason technology failed me, but you got Mike Cameron when they swung through. But I, I will say this. Everyone thought that the Mariners were going to carry over from last year all the momentum, and early on they didn't. And yeah. I think that they still will get things going offensively. Another the aforementioned Julio Rodriguez, I got to imagine he's going to get hot at some point. Yeah, and um, and you know you have other guys, but it's sort of like the with the Twins, right? I mean, they you have these crazy, crazy collection of starters. Yeah. Who, you don't want to go to a series facing those guys. Yeah, no. They're, they've always been a gritty team because I think it was not last year, but the year before they just missed the playoffs, right? I think it was. And then last year, did they make it? Or am yeah, I- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, last year, yeah. So yeah, it was a feel good. been a gritty, yeah. Yeah, so it's a feel- look at this. Like you're putting them at number nine because they're gritty and gutty. <laughs> is, is that your favorite analytic? Gritty, yeah, gritty, mean- gritty, gutty. As long as a team, you know, when you when you get a feeling that a team is never truly out of a game, that's when you know that they're a really good team. And I feel like the Mariners are starting to become that. So maybe we should do uh, a separate rankings because people like <laughs> rankings. Producer Evans, grittiest and guttiest. Yeah, so, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of which, what's number eight? Yeah, so number eight is a team that I think I'm just going to stick with. I mean, Tori Lovello gave us a great interview on today's podcast or yesterday's podcast. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're just a team that sticks around. Granted, I know that Red Sox fans might be like, hey, we just took two or three out of the, from them. How are they ahead of us? But at the same time, they're 30 and 23. They're five and four since the last rankings. They took two of three from the Pirates and Phillies. So, I mean, they're, they're just, they, nobody can keep them down. They just keep rolling. Even though they're only, they're only a one game over 500 since the last ones. I feel like they're just a team that just they get they get things done when they well see see them up close and personal. I think that there's an interesting group. They I think obviously the their the kryptonite right now is their bullpen. If they're in it, they have to go out and get some bullpens arm at least one bullpen arm. But yeah, they lose two out of three, but they only had um, one of their main guys really like make a start and they won that game. So that's Merrill Kelly. So uh, after listening to Tori Lovello, after digesting what he said, does that make you more optimistic or just the same amount of optimism? I think it makes me more optimistic because he seems like he, he knows what he's doing. Like he empowers the players. Like he was saying, because he said like, based on his past experience, you know, he was always told like, Hey, here's how you do it. Don't ask why, but he empowers his players to ask why ask the best players at their position. How can they get better at the position so they can become like an Evan Longoria. So I think they, that interview definitely helped my perspective of them, even though I was already high on them to begin with. Yeah, well, he knows what he's doing, and and there were that's it's funny because watching that in action, it's that coaching staff too. You remember, and this is this is another dynamic, and maybe we can get into a different podcast. But to have the foundation, it's one thing to have the manager, and then as you said, they have Longoria, they have guys who can give the, deli- the deliver the message as players. But even like Jeff Bannister, who was a former obviously major league manager, he's their bench coach. They have Dave McKay, who is like the 73-year-old first base coach who's been around forever, but is 
is perceived as one of the best at what he does. To yeah. have that foundation, it goes a long way, especially for young people. I just found it, and I'm not just saying this because this is how we titled the podcast, but yeah. I did find it interesting anytime you can convince a team that you are going to be good. Like he yeah. admitted, like last year, like we we tried to, but until you actually can convince them and say, hey, don't be looking around the corner at the Dodgers, at the Padres, at the Giants. Worry about because we're good enough. There you go. Definitely. I'm giving I'm giving my Rudy on the stool speech. <laughs> uh, all right. What do you get? Number seven. Yeah. So number seven, up one from last rankings is the New York Yankees. Seven and three since the last rankings. They swept the Reds. They only took one from the Orioles, but they took two of three from the Padres. So they kind of beat up on bad teams more or less. And then obviously they took one from the Orioles, which is big because the Orioles I have high on the rankings because they're just they're seemingly unstoppable right now, or at least just trucking in the right direction they have two of the best relievers in the in the game right now i feel like so but the yankees you know in that division it's so tough to stay relevant because you have to be like perfect to just even get close to the top of the division and they've been doing a really good job of it lately i think a lot of people sleep on the yankees because the expectations are so high and and it was a good move by them to sort of sever the aaron hicks conversation yeah you don't want that lingering so uh, yeah, but I think a lot of people sleep on him just because like there's this expectations in it, and it's the sideshows of whether it's Domingo Herman or whether it's Aaron Boone getting thrown out or whatever or the Hicks situation, whatever it is. But yeah. they're a good team. They're they, you aren't you aren't doing what they do, are doing in that division without being a good team. All right. Well, here comes a shocker for me. Number six. Yeah, number six down from number one last week, so five down, is the Dodgers. They've been four and six since the last rankings. They only took one of four from the Cardinals, which I thought kind of really convinced me because, granted, the Cardinals are coming on and the Cardinals should be good and probably will be good moving forward, but you only take one of four from the Cardinals, one of three from the Rays, which was a tough series because obviously the Rays are a really good team. And then they did take two of three from the Braves. So it was kind of a who's ahead of them that kept them at this level instead of their performance, except with that Cardinals series. I feel, I thought for sure they would be higher. Um, I think you were seduced by the image of the Rays beating them because <laughs> obviously they've, you have to go against the best. And, and uh, but I, it's funny because we said last week, I think we said, well, will, will the Dodgers ever come out of the number one spot? <laughs> and holy mackerel, Evan, not only did they come out of the number one spot, they dropped all the way to six. It's, it's, yeah. I think it's power ranking history. No team has ever done that in a matter of a week. Yeah. yeah. It's just the teams above them have been having such good weeks that it makes their week look like, hey, I need to bump this team below these top five that I feel like have proven themselves to be better, at least at the moment. Of course, that can change at any moment. But All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Number five. Yeah, so number five, down one from last week, is the Braves. They're six and five since the last rankings. They took two of three from the Mariners, who I now have at number nine. They took one from the Dodgers, who I obviously have right below them. And then they just split with the Phillies. They had a really big game last night on uh, Sunday Night Baseball. So I just think they're, they're a really good team. They're the best team in the NL, or at least close to the best team in the NL. If you, It's between them and the Dodgers. They're head-to-head. But... um but yeah, they're a really good team. They've gotten a little bit of a rough patch lately, but they're definitely going to be on this list for the foreseeable future. I think it's going to be, I think it's one of these teams where we're going to get to the after the all star break 
and you're going to get like the the actual team, especially with the pitching. You're going to yeah. get the actual team and say, okay, there you go. That's it. Because somebody in the National League has to be that. Maybe it's the Mets. Maybe it's your Mets. Yeah. I mean, okay. Or maybe it's the Phillies. I mean, maybe it's some of these teams where we thought they were going to be good. Maybe it's the Padres. I don't, I don't know about that, but yeah. um, but it's what somebody is going to emerge and be a different team, even as slightly different as the Braves might be in that second second half. I, it has to happen. It just yeah. has to happen. Yeah, the, right now, it's there's really not much of a question that the AL seems like the superior league at the moment. But if we get a team like that that jumps out and really performs, then that could definitely change it. Where did the Marlins? The Marlins? They didn't want you didn't want to sneak them in there. Yeah, I don't know. They were in the conversations and say I put five and five since last rankings. They just sweep swept the Angels, but I don't know. It was between them and the Giants, and based on I was looking at their record, so like five and five as compared to seven and three. And then I don't know. It's just they're a tricky team because obviously Jorge Soler is playing out of his mind right now. I think I don't know if he hit one yesterday, but I think five games before that he hit a home run in each game. So they're definitely a team that's right on the cusp. But you know, if I had like an eleventh uh, or eleventh and twelfth uh, part of the rankings, I might have had the Red Sox and the and the Marlins in there. But yeah, at the moment I kind of left them out. All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, number four. Yeah, so number four, I have the Houston Astros, <laughs> the inevitable. They just never go away. 31 and 21 now, seven and two since last rankings. Granted, who they played recently has been kind of weak. They swept the A's twice since last rankings, and they took one from the Brewers, and I believe it was a three game series. So, I mean, their record might not be reflective of, I mean, they're a really good team, obviously, as everybody knows, but. I mean, sweeping the A's twice might have, you know, given them a record that might not really show how good they are. But all right, well, so the Astros are red hot. Yeah, I, I am looking up their tweet right now, which got all everybody buzzing. And at first, when I first saw this tweet, Evan, I was like, I like the I like the spiciness of team team accounts getting yeah, after yeah. it, right? But then, like, people started surfacing stuff about, hey. You know, what are you doing? Don't kick the A's while they're down, so forth and so exactly. on. So um, why can't I find this tweet? Did they delete it? No, they didn't delete it. Did they? I don't know. Well, anyway, it was something along the lines of, you know, 10 runs in front of 10 fans or something like that. Exactly. Uh, what was your take on that? I don't know, because it was kind of tricky, because there was good arguments on both sides. I think at one, at one, you know, on one side of the coin, you could say that, as a team account, all you're trying to do is hype up your fan base and kind of match the energy of your fan base. And that definitely does that by saying like, man, we're so dominant, you know, and they got no fans over here because they might leave next year. Or they will leave next year. I don't know exactly the year that's confirmed, but you know, like they have nobody that comes to their games. We have a ton of people that come to our games, you know, we're a better team. So I see that aspect, but then I also see the aspect where it's like, yeah, but you should have beat them. And they have no fans coming because they're not good. So it's like, but, but know, it's also I. I'm just like you're kicking the, kicking these people while they're down, man. Yeah. Like I mean, it's like one thing to say, and maybe, and I know that you know some other people said this, but it's one thing to say, hey, you know, you, your team sucks, your players suck. True. But it's like, dude, like it's this team they're gonna move like it's, yeah, like, it's, it's in such turmoil right and, now. And as somebody pointed out, the the Astros. When they were going through their tough times, they hardly had anyone there. 
That is true. Yeah, I know. It's always you live in such a like here and now world that you really don't even think about that kind of stuff. So, yeah, well, I don't know, man. It's uh, the I I think that we should do something for the A's like we can't just I don't want to ignore the A's. I want to like maybe we should maybe we should do some podcasts some A-centric podcasts do something. <laughs> I feel like this because there's there's something there. Like it can't be they're they're on pace to have this miserable season. We all know the yeah. deal with the A's. They're not yeah. going to be on your power rankings ever. Yeah. Um they stink. They're going to they're going to probably have the fewest wins in the history of baseball ever. Yeah. Um but you know at the same time this is the great game of baseball. There's always stories to talk about. There's always good things to talk about. This start, this start, this start noodling the, uh, something with the A's. Um, yeah. All right, because I don't want to noodle anything with the Astros. The Astros are good; they continue to be good. They're your yeah. fourth ranked team. All right, who's number three? It's so a number three. I just realized when I was making the list that this is the third straight week I am at number three, but it's the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't know. It's just like the teams above them are doing so well that it kind of keeps them down, even though they have the best record in baseball. But obviously, we can't just base this strictly on record because then they probably never get out of the number one spot, at least in the current moment. But they were seven and four since the last rankings. They took two of three from the Brewers, three of four from the Blue Jays, two of three from the Dodgers. So they beat up on pretty good teams. I mean, they're they're a really good team. I, I think some people just get tired of them being so good that they're just like, eh, we're going to move them down. That might have been the case with me. Where it's like, all right, we get it. The Rays are good, but you know they're they're having a rough patch lately, and they're kind of just like, you know, they're kind of just resting on their laurels, maybe a little bit. But I mean, they have a really great track record, at least since last week, and based on the whole season. So, I want to look at their schedule because they've had an insane amount of home games, and they've been insanely good at home. Yeah. So it's this is part of the equation. It, it will be very very interesting. It's funny because when we're doing that podcast with jack curry um about his book about the 1998 yankees so obviously a historic team one maybe one of the best or maybe the best team ever uh yeah. one of the things that defined that team 1998 was that how they rolled through the playoffs so we can't say that the rays are are there or comparable but the all we can compare to is by through the same number of games as that yankees team and it was pretty close i mean it was pretty close so yeah, yeah. And I feel like this year, when you look at, like, based on war and based on batting average and that kind of stuff, when you look at every player at every position, their guy is at least in the top five of every position. You know, they got Yandy Diaz. He's top five here. Brandon Lau's top five here. You know, so every position, Randy Rosarena's top five here. Jose Siri's playing out of his mind. I mean, he's going nuts on hitting bombs every other day. But, yeah, so, I mean, they just got a really good team and – it's starting people are starting to recognize it so well and here's my t- they're gonna have a crap load of all-stars right yeah. <laughs> um there you Jason go adam all their starters yeah i mean crazy all right now we get to the you, since the rays are in the top two now yeah. we get to the spiciness two teams these are two teams that when we started this process would never ever have thought in the top two now i will say this if you go back into the baseballs and boring archives in the offseason, I did a podcast with C.J. Nikowski, Rangers announcer, and he had convinced me that they were going to be good. Yeah. I, I, I proclaimed they, they were one of my picks to collect, much like the Diamondbacks, 
And uh, and sure enough, here they are. I'm spoiling it for everybody. What, what number two? Yeah, so number two is the Texas Rangers. This was a tricky. I wasn't sure who to put one and two. I almost felt bad for the Orioles because I kept leaving them at two and just bumping a team that was lower above them. So it was almost like a it was a tricky thing, especially when I look at it based on matchups because the Rangers just took two of three from the Orioles. They took two of three from the Pirates. They swept the Rockies seven and three since the last rankings. They're a really good team, and but I just. I felt like the Orioles might be a tad bit better. So how could you? Uh, so how could you put the Rangers behind the Orioles? You like yeah, you said was, you. Uh... Well, wait a second. You know <laughs> what do you mean? That's not a no answer. Like yeah. you're supposed to fight back here. So you have you like you said just this past week yeah. with the Rangers winning a series against the <laughs> Orioles, and you have the Rangers behind the Orioles. Do yeah, explain yourself. It was a tricky process. I can't say that it's an ironclad process that's definitely, you know, set in stone. <laughs> I was like, looking at the Orioles. They have one more win overall in their record than the Rangers. I know matchup-wise, the Rangers just took two of three from them, but I don't know. It was a really tricky decision, and I just felt like every week I had the Orioles at two, and I had another team jumping them at one, whether it's the Dodgers, whether it was the Astros, the Braves. I mean, I don't remember exactly who was at number one but it just felt like they were always at number two so i felt like based on them having one more win on the season which isn't really the rangers fault they played one less a game but i just felt like i gotta bump the orioles up and give them that number one spot for this. all right so what you just explained i don't there's not a lot of science be- what we've what we've learned <laughs> is there's not a lot of science behind this i asked for an explanation you said that's oh, a tricky process yeah okay well <laughs> there you go but, but i'm not gonna begrudge you because yeah. number one, it's good conversation, and we'll maybe we'll do something on the socials about the Rangers versus the Orioles uh, yeah. to get because because Rangers getting the Rangers fans all riled up. Uh, you're going with your gut, you're going with your vibes, you're going with you know how you feel. One team's better than the other. We can't because at this point in the year, we've said this a million times. You can't just go by records, although you are, yeah, by, by one game. <laughs> but but but, uh, but you know it's. It's this is what it's all about. I would, I, I don't know when they play each other again. Yeah, uh, but I would, uh, I would love to. I, I am anxious to see because I think both of the the takeaways, both those teams are here to stay. What's interesting with the Orioles because we've already divulged that you have the Orioles number one. Yep. The starting pitching thing, man. Yeah, it's it's cool. well. Grayson Rodriguez was supposed to be the guy to swoop in front of the program. Grayson Rodriguez swoop in and sort of be like the wild card in a situation. He gets sent down. Yeah. So I don't know how you feel yeah, about have, that. The back end of their bullpen is insane. I mean, Cano and Batista being your eighth and ninth inning guys is if you're up in the eighth and ninth inning, you're going to win the game. Like yeah. that's fact with the Orioles this year. So yeah, but they're starting rotation. They really, I mean, maybe if the White Sox fall out of contention, maybe they go after a Giolito. Maybe they go after, I know he's underperforming this year, but I don't see, see what the what the White Sox might give up. But, yeah, they really definitely need some rotation help to uh, definitely in the postseason. I mean, in the regular season, they might be able to get by, you know, have a, good, a few good starts out of like a quadruple A guy maybe. But in the postseason, they definitely need to have some more. I, I do like, you know, I, Michael Elias, I do like the fact that he said – I'm paraphrasing, but 
yeah, you know, we understand where we are. We understand like what the importance of the trade deadline is going to be. It's yeah. not like, oh, there's a long time to go. And exactly. no, he's, he's like, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're behind the scenes. We're, we're figuring all this out and we, we have to make a move. It's great. Like, the, uh, please don't, Orioles, please don't pretend like you aren't in it to win it. Like, you've reached yeah. this point. You have this farm system. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, they got everybody in the majors that they need, then they're all doing great. They got Colton Kowser, who's a really good outfielder. He's in AAA. They got Jackson Holiday because they had the number one pick last year, which blows my mind based on right now. And he's in AA now, I think, or maybe high A. So, they got guys coming, and they're already good. So it's only going to get better. Well, I, I there, I think of all the power rankings you've done, this one has lends it lends itself more than any of the others <laughs> to debate and conversation and potentially vitriol. So yeah. you're going to the Mets game um, on the night that this is dropping, correct? Yep. Tuesday yep. night. Um, yeah. So if I could make up a T-shirt in time. I'm gonna like have you put I I was the one who put the Orioles over the Rangers. So uh and, and you know, who knows? Like who yeah. knows? Much like much like we said that maybe the Dodgers will be in the top spot the entire year and then all of a sudden they drop to number six. Like who, uh, uh, I, the next question I have maybe is like will the Mets ever get in the top ten? You think yeah. you think next next week we could squeeze the Mets in the top ten for the next two weeks? No, I mean I think? hope so. They got they got the hitters that are actually getting going. I mean Alvarez, in my opinion, right now might be front runner for Rookie of the Year. He's playing out of his mind, hitting the homer every other day. And then they got all the young guys that are doing great. Their other guys are even chipping in. It's just now our pitching stinks. So if we can get both of them on the same on the same wavelength, and they can both do well at the same time, is very possible. I feel like that's a team that might we we're talking about that we might look at and say, okay, you know what? In second half, they've they've come back into the power rankings. So yep. there you. Go. I just want I just want you to be happy. Um, all right, great job, excellent job, excellent job.